Welcome to the Tax Sell Podcast, where tax sell investing is made easy. My name is Casey Dimmon. I'm a tax sell veteran. I am the leading tax sell expert. I'm the author of the Tax Sell Playbook. I'm the founder of the Tax Sell Academy, and I am your host right here on the Tax Sell Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. As a reminder, this is a completely free podcast brought to you through and because of the Tax Sell Academy. If you're looking to learn more about investing, in tax talk real estate, check us out at taxcellacademy.com. All right, I've got an interesting episode laid out for you today. One of the most common issues that new investors face is on the research side of things. Now, you likely know that the number one key to success in this business is proper research. If you have listened to me for any period of time, you know that research is paramount in this business. You will simply not be able to see any success without proper research. And if you tend to do just surface level, easy type research, and you might get away with it for a deal or two, eventually you're going to get caught by a bad deal. I've seen it happen way too many times to count. Now, research is also by far the most labor-intensive part of this business. And for that reason, a lot of people don't look forward to it. They don't even like doing research at all. They do it because it's a necessity. And the truth is, if you learn to enjoy that research, if you learn how to do it efficiently and accurately, it'll become a lot easier for you. And of course, you become faster and better at it. Now, there are a few shortcuts that you can take to help you become a better and faster tax cell researcher. Now, the little tricks or the hacks, if you want to call them that, might not work every single time for every single situation. But what I want to do today is discuss a few ways that I use to improve my tax cell research. Again, by making it more accurate and by speeding up the process overall. Now, some of these strategies will take some extra practice. Some will take some extra learning. But hopefully, at the end of this episode, you'll be able to pull at least a few nuggets that you can apply to your tax cell research. And hopefully, this episode will allow you to look forward to doing your tax cell research as you become better at it and faster at it instead of dreading it like so many new investors. All right, let's get to them. The first one is to develop a flow. So here's how I'll typically operate. I'll have the tax cell list open on my computer, and then I'll have a spreadsheet where I'll record my notes about the properties that I'm researching that'll also be open on my computer. And then I'll have my internet browser. And on that internet browser, I'll have a few different tabs open. It could be the property assessor's report, the building department's website, GIS, Google Maps, and any other websites that will help me in researching properties in that area. And I'll have all these tabs in the order that I most commonly utilize them. So for example, I will have the tax cell list. It's going to be right there in the middle of my screen, right? I'll take that list. I'll copy that parcel number, and then I will paste it into the property assessor's report. If the information on the property assessor's report checks out, I'll go to the next tab, and then I'll paste that property identification number into the GIS system. 
I'll take a look at that. And if that checks out, I'll take that same number and paste it into the next tab, which is gonna be Google Maps, or I'll get the coordinates to paste them into Google Maps, and so forth. This will allow you to create a seamless flow from one property to the next. It'll allow all your steps to be in the correct order instead of just jumping around from this website to that website trying to figure out what works best for you. Now, this might take some time for you to figure out how you operate best, but you need to create and implement a research workflow into your tax sale research. It is a huge time saver. It also allows you to research more accurately because let's say you have the building department's website tab open on your browser. Well, guess what? If it's there right in front of you, odds are you're not going to skip searching for any open permits or that kind of thing if that's necessary in your area. So create a flow. It's going to allow you to work faster and more accurately. The next one is to develop an elimination process. And this is part of your workflow. So as you're working your way through the research steps, you need to have a clearly defined elimination process. There is absolutely no reason to research every single thing about every single property you're looking at. Instead, you should approach it in stages, almost like a funnel. All the properties go into the top of the funnel and only the best ones come out the bottom. So here's what I'll do. I'll go down the list property by property. The first thing I'll look at is the opening bid amount. If it is $100 million, I know I can't afford it, and I'll strike right through it. So if it's out of your budget, strike through it. There's no reason to even research that property. You're just wasting time if you do, since you can't afford it. If it's in your budget, well, it passes your test so far. Now, after that, I'll take that information and put it into, say, the property assessor's website. I'll pull up that property assessor's report. I'll go over that report. If something's wrong on that report, if something sticks out and says, whoa, don't invest in that property, I'll mark it off the list and move on to the next property. And all this continues every step of the way. There is no reason to research everything about every property. Don't waste your precious time once you know there's something about that property that makes you not want to move further. Once you reach that step, cross it off the list and move on to the next one. So develop an elimination process. The next one is kind of two parts, and that's to know the different sections of your town that you'll be investing in. There are plenty of parts of town that I will not invest in. I simply know that if I buy a property there, it's going to sit on the market forever, or it's going to cause me a lot of other issues and headaches, and it's not worth it to me. Now, I know these areas by doing research and either physically driving through those areas or by using something like Google Street View to take a look at the streets. And I'll also, of course, research the real estate in that area to see how long it's sitting on the market, see what property is selling for, and that kind of thing. Now, that's half of the battle. The other half is being able to recognize where those areas are just by looking at an address. You should learn how the 911 addresses work in the area that you are investing in. Now, in some areas, there might not be any rhyme or any reason, especially if every street is labeled with a name like Flower Circle or something like that that just does not make a whole lot of sense. But in a lot of areas, they're going to have a grid system worked out, and you need to figure out how that grid system operates 
in your area. So for example, if you're looking for 1300 Southeast 49th Street, and you know where the 1300 block of Southeast 49th Street is, you can easily take one look at that address and know if it's in a good area or a bad area. And that is a huge game changer. That's a huge time saver. Now, on that same note is knowing and researching subdivisions. And not just knowing if they're in good areas or bad areas, but really taking it a step deeper. I routinely see dozens of lots or even homes in one specific subdivision. So on that tax sale list, it will usually have a legal description. In that legal description, it will include the subdivision name. If you see 15 or 20 properties in the same subdivision, something might be up. So instead of researching every single property, you need to take one deep look at that subdivision. Oftentimes, you're gonna find issues in that subdivision. And what will happen sometimes is you'll see these properties on your tax sale list, and once you know where that subdivision is, and once you know the issues there, you'll say, wow, those are 300-hour lots, and every single one of them are underwater because that is what happens in that area. And I know those lots are worthless. Or sometimes I'll see a subdivision name and I'll say, fantastic, there are great properties in that subdivision that I can make a lot of money off of. So find out all you can about the subdivision and then if the subdivision checks out, go ahead and narrow it down and start researching each individual property. This will save you a great amount of time in the long run. Now, if the subdivision does not check out, Eliminate those properties and make a mental note of it so you can utilize it in the future. The next one is to understand and read legal descriptions. And this is something that most people have no idea how to do simply because it's not all that easy. I actually have an entire workshop on this strategy inside the Tax Sale Academy for my members. It's important to understand that when the county is selling tax defaulted real estate, they are not selling you a specific house. They're not selling you a specific address. They are selling you a piece of dirt as described by the legal description only. That's how properties are described in legal terms, by the legal description. Makes sense, right? What you will do is you will look at that legal description, and at first, it is going to look like Greek. But eventually, once you take the time to learn how to read those legal descriptions, it can save you loads of time and it will greatly improve your research. Let me give you an example. A common one that I see are pieces of land split off of other pieces of land. So here's the legal description for you. It could say something like E, five feet of lot one of Blue Lake subdivision. E5 feet stands for the east five feet. So you'd be buying a five foot strip of land on the east side of lot one in Blue Lake subdivision. More than likely, it was probably used as some sort of power line easement or utility easement back in the day, and now it's up for auction. So a lot of people will think they're buying lot number one. Instead, they're only buying the east five foot of lot number one. And that's part of the reason you see people buy worthless land, landlocked properties, and other junk at tax sale auctions, simply because they do not know how to read legal 
descriptions. Take the time and educate yourself on that topic. The next one, learn how to establish values and use them to eliminate properties as you go through your research. You should know that houses in this area generally sell for this amount, while vacant lots over here sell for this amount. That way you can take one look at the property or maybe even the legal description on the tax sale list itself and have a very rough ballpark number in your head about what the property's worth and you can quickly decide whether you want to move forward researching that property or not. And this is something you can obviously learn as you research the market and gain experience there. You should only need to perform an actual valuation to establish your bid amount once the property passes all of the other steps. As you've probably noticed by now, a lot of what we do when we're researching tax sale properties is we're working to eliminate properties. It goes back to that funnel philosophy. You have all these properties go to the top of your funnel and you only want the best ones to come out. And many of these steps that we're talking about are to eliminate the properties that we should not be investing in and knowing how to value properties. That's yet another way that you can eliminate some of those properties. The next one is one that I actually mentioned earlier, and that is to utilize a spreadsheet. And you can make your template however you want to, but I'll generally include at the very least the identifier of the property, a couple of notes about the property, the opening bid amount, and my maximum bid. This makes for extremely easy reference when the tax sale is taking place. It also serves as a very easy way for me to organize my notes as I take them. For many years, I would just scratch notes onto a notepad or the actual tax sale list that I had printed out, and that was just a disaster. Use a spreadsheet. It's going to be well worth it in the long run. Another one, leave the deeper research until very last make a note and come back to it. I'm talking about the stuff like title searches, like calling the county, driving by the property, calling code enforcement, the stuff that is more time intensive than the other research that we typically perform online. If it's gonna take you some extra time to do it, leave it until the end. As much as I want you to do the necessary research, when you begin to do the things that break you from your flow of researching that tax sell list and then going to this page and this page and this page, then inputting it onto your spreadsheet. When you break yourself from that flow, you're gonna have a lot of trouble getting back into it. So if there are any extra steps involved that are gonna be time consuming, save those until the very end. This will also, in fact, save you time because if you have a list of properties that you need to call the county about, it's gonna be a lot better to call them one time and work your way down that list than calling them every 90 seconds. And I'm sure the folks at the county would appreciate you calling just once. Anyhow, another one is to avoid going down rabbit holes. I can't begin to tell you how many times I've been researching a property and think, wow, look at this cool lighthouse. And then I'll find myself an hour later learning about the history and the architecture of that lighthouse while somehow trying to convince myself that it's all part of learning about my investment. When the truth is, I'm never going to buy a lighthouse to begin with. The same can be said, of course, for anything that we do online. But set your objectives ahead of time so you know what properties you're going to be interested in well in advance and set your objectives, set up your workflow so you know what you need to do in the order you need to do it 
so you don't get distracted. And that brings us to our last point, which is you have to be focused. It's easy to sit down with good intentions and to pull up that tax list and to start researching. But it's not the time to have YouTube playing in the background or music playing or kids yelling or spouses complaining or whatever tends to distract you. That stuff must be avoided. Tax sale investing is a very serious business with a lot of money at stake a lot of times. And one mistake could cost you dearly. Tax sale research is something you must commit to really focusing on. So there it is. There are a few ways that you can improve the efficiency and accuracy of your tax sale research. As I mentioned at the beginning, some of these will likely take some work and experience to get fully comfortable with. But over time, you will get comfortable with these strategies and you'll discover many other ways to make your tax sale research much easier. While it is the most important part of this business, it doesn't and it shouldn't have to take you forever to complete. I truly hope that this episode has helped you out. If we can provide any additional help, be sure to visit the links in our show notes section, and one of those links will take you to our primary site at taxcellacademy.com, where we provide our most in-depth and comprehensive tax cell investment training. And if you found any value in this episode or any of the episodes here on the Tax Cell Podcast, please do us a huge favor and leave a positive review for us on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on right now. We do this podcast completely free, and those reviews are the only way that we know whether you enjoy this podcast or not. So if you do enjoy this podcast, please take just a second and leave us that positive review. It helps us more than you even can imagine. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Tax Cell Podcast. Make it a successful day. Bye-bye.